Hey everyone, Chris here, and I just want to take a quick second to ask you all to please, if you haven't already, take our user survey, a listener survey that's in the show notes of this episode. Uh, it'll help us out in understanding uh, who our audiences are, uh, who's listening, uh, where you guys are from, and also give you guys a chance to give us some feedback on the shows. We've already gotten some great feedback that we're hoping to, to implement and work on now, uh, but this is your time to kind of... Um, communicate with us and give us feedback so again it takes five to ten minutes we don't keep any it's totally anonymous we don't keep any of your information uh but it'll also help us understand uh the demographics of our shows who's listening help us reach out for sponsors and hopefully allow us to do more live shows and 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 do bigger bigger and better things for the network so again please take the five to ten minutes to fill out the survey um and if you have already thank you guys very much so now on to the show Well, welcome back to the Character Corner with your host Chris and Deepom here. We're back. You guys know what it is. Character Corner time where we discuss your favorite characters and uh, we'll announce at the end we have some other things to talk about in terms of comic book characters, in terms of comic books for the Character Corner coming up. But um, we're back. We're going to wrap up our, our Batman series uh, by doing uh, part three. Uh, the first part of Batman we did, uh, starting with the you know first issues of Batman one all the way through. Uh, I can't remember what Batman issues is, but uh, a lonely, uh, lonely place of dying with the introduction of Tim Drake uh, becoming Robin. Uh, part two, we we left the comic books and we took a detour, which I think is going to pay off when we we talk about this stuff here uh, into in doing uh, some other media where we talked about. Um, TV shows with Batman, uh, movies, uh, obviously the video game, which, by the way, I'm... Yo, so I got to talk about this right now. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know because I got the, the DLC and everything like that, and I'm pretty sure this didn't happen the first time. So I have to now, in order to get the Nightfall protocol, I have to do all the Riddler stuff. No, you can do all the... Uh, if you do all the bonus content you should be able to get there. no mine mine for some reason fucked up and i have to now i, I now have to defeat riddler which is it which is okay because it's literally the only thing i have left i've defeat i've done everything else. how much fun is that it and i'm like fuck it i guess i gotta keep being batman now so you, sorry yo, you feel like batman by the end of that game oh no I, I do it's fucking amazing like i'm sorry if you have not and now i'm sitting there going now i gotta play i already bought bought uh, return to Arkham the the with Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. <laughs> so now I got, so now I got to go and start playing Arkham Asylum, then Arkham City, and then I got to go back and play Arkham again. Yes. So yeah. Um. But anyway, we're now heading back to the comic books, and we're picking up where we left off. Uh, with Batman, and this is gonna be a little bit different here because we're now entering into the more modern eras of Batman. So I, I guess with the the uh, Tim Drake becoming Robin, that was. Basically, eighty nine uh, going into the ninety. Uh, so now this is about the, the you know we're really entering into the modern age of Batman. And truth of the matter is, if you have listened to our character corners, so we did one on um, we did one on Tim Drake. We've done one all the Batgirls and and Batwoman, and then we also did the uh, Batman villains. So we did the Rogue Wars one. I think it was our second one. We did all right. Batman's villains. If you did that, and you also are a premium member and listen to our Scott Snyder Batman run stuff you know a lot of this stuff already because we've already kind of covered a lot of this stuff here 
And so we didn't have to do that. But I think what we're going to do here is we're still going to go into some of the issues we read and things like that. But I think this is a good part to kind of, one, we're going to focus a lot on Grant Morrison stuff because um, we see this very often. But Grant Morrison really is a crazy person. And I mean that in the, with the most utmost respect for it because I'm so glad he is because he gives, he like, it's it's great. It's weird, but it's great. But he's crazy because I didn't, I, I was telling Deepon about this before we, we recorded how I always, I, I like a lot of sci-fi stuff and like UFO stuff, like conspiracy. I, I watch some of that shit. I didn't know the Grant Morrison that always comes up when people talk about like UFO stuff was the same Grant Morrison that writes some of my favorite comic books. It wasn't until like a few years ago I was like, hey, yeah, I know a Grant Morrison. Yeah, he writes comic books. It's not the same guy. It's like, no, 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 it's the same guy. I'm like, oh, that explains everything. When I, when I explain to people that his new X-Men is him at his tamest, they're like, no way. I'm like, no, that was like very, like, I don't know, heavily sedated Grant Morrison. Yeah, no, it's... so. And, and this is not a spoiler for a book from 1987. The end of his Animal Man run, the last two issues, Grant Morrison's a character in the book, and he explains to Buddy Baker that he's a made-up creation owned by DC Comics and explains to him his very existence. <laughs> That's the last three issues of his amazing Animal Man run. He's up there. You know who he's up there with me? Warren Ellis. They Warren just Ellis get... on a whole other, other shit, man. Yeah, uh, they, like he, like, yeah. Warren Ellis and Neil Gaiman, I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I I I don't talk about Sandman in public just because I just don't do it. But I've read a lot of gaming. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> that boy, <ain't> right? <laughs> boy, <ain't> right? Look. <laughs> but so as we go through, this, and we're, we're going to spend a lot of time when we get to the Grant Morrison stuff because this is actually I, I've read the Batman and Robin stuff before. This is the first time I actually went back and started from the very very beginning, and I got the big Grant Morrison. Um, Omnibus for for Batman. Try to read those, and we'll get into all that stuff. But to me, this phase of and, and please feel free to jump in. This phase of Batman got really interesting to me because it feels like two things. One, we we start getting a little bit more um, not at the beginning, but especially right, right around the Grant Morrison time, we get a little more coher- coherency in some of the stories because mm-hmm. these get really. The problem with the no. Batman stuff in the early nineties is they they get really sprawling. Well, it, it sprawls, but it kind of, I don't know, it sprawls because there's so many fucking bat books. Exactly. That's what it is. But, but what happens is, so what happened comic industry-wise, X-Men wanted to drop huge numbers with best-selling comic all time. Then they kill, I can't remember if they kill, oh, they were going to kill, they were joking about killing Superman in an editorial meeting. He says, well, we can't kill him, but what if we kill Batman? We can't kill Batman. What if we cripple him? Mm-hmm. And... That's where you got your Nightfall, or was it the was it Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End, like the yeah. three part. And you get kind of what I refer to as the event driven Bat books. Right. And so yes. it goes, and, and, and I know like you're probably going to mention some stories that I'm going to gloss over here, but like for a very long time, it runs, it goes um, Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End. He gets up the helm for like six issues to, to Dick. Batman comes back, and then Contagion. Mm-hmm. The city becomes quarantined. Mm-hmm. Remember that. The city becomes quarantined immediately after that. Then there's some more stories, and then Cataclysm happens. Mm-hmm. And an earthquake strikes Gotham, and Batman's trapped in the cave, and 
It's bad. And there's night is no man's land. Oh, before no man's oh, land. No, you're right. And it goes, or excuse me, Bruce Wayne goes to Washington to ask them to give money to Gotham because they said that the, the America Gotham was worth saving. He comes up coming up short. They didn't declare it, like you said. No man's land. Mm-hmm. Where literally the US government says, fuck it, blew up all the bridges into Gotham and forbade people from entering or exiting. It's basically Arkham City, the book. Yeah, it's, and 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 I think that's why I, I think, I think that's why when I hear people say too many events these days when it comes to Marvel and DC, <laughs> I laugh because you guys have no idea what you're talking about because, like, and you cannot read like going back and reading some of this stuff now works because you can get the omnibus, you can get the the the, the volumes where you can get the collected editions where it'll put it all in in front of you. But if you didn't. And you had to buy each one of these books. Like, so part of the problem with the Bat books around this time was when you had these events, they go to all the books. So it's not just Batman and Detective Comics. It's oh. Batman and Detective Comics. It's Batgirl, maybe all of them. It's Robin. It's Catwoman. Like, you know, <laughs> Catwoman had her own book. And so you end up I'm having gonna, it. I'm going to read the books that are involved in Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Batman, Catwoman, Detective... First of all, Catwoman's had a book for a long time, and, and the, I'm not going to sit here and defend that book right now, but I will love to later. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to. Comics. You, don't, you don't have to defend the book. I like. I, it's it's fine. Batman, Catwoman, Detective Comics, Justice League Task Force, Legends of the Dark Knight, Robin, Shadow of the Bat, Showcase ninety three and Showcase ninety four. That also bookended, including with um, standalone issues called The Vengeance of Bane and The Sword of Azrael. That's too many books. Yeah. That this is a book. This is a story that took. Mm, it says eight issues, eight Batman issues, but mm. it got the sprawl over fourteen books. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing, you you couldn't skip them. No, there was, had, it was not like this tangentially relates to that. No, no, no. That's just part six. Motherfucker, Task Force is part seven. Get there. Yeah, you had to read all of those books. And and so so before we even get into the, going into the books and stuff like that, but just going back to what I was saying, it's like, so so you had that part of of, of these runs here. But I think also when, when you start finding it, and, and some of this even happened in, in, in some of the Nightfall stuff, I feel like there's two things that really stood out to me when I started going back and reading some of this stuff. One... Um, you start getting more, and, and I think as we get closer to more and more modern stuff, you start seeing this, this really happens. You start getting Bruce Matt, Wayne to matter more, and and the it's Marvel, not the Marvelization of, of Batman, if you will. Thank you, because that's really what it is, and 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 this is definitely gonna come up when we do Grant Morrison stuff. All the stuff matters, so they were pulling stuff all the way from the golden age sometimes, or some of these things to make them matter. Where you can kind of go, "Oh wow, that's a deep cut," and and then also making Bruce matter as a character, so he wasn't just so Batman wasn't just, uh, Bruce Wayne wasn't just the mask of Batman. Bruce Wayne himself actually mattered, um, and then also when it came to the storylines, I think particularly with Grant Morrison stuff, and then you start seeing it going forward is they also really became mysteries it would start off with something like somebody dies and then there becomes a mystery of that sprawls into a larger a larger conspiracy or a larger thing but i started going back and reading some of these books going oh wow like 
this is what they're doing today. It starts off with something small. Somebody dies, somebody gets killed, and then it turns into twists and turns, and it turns into this large conspiracy, sometimes tied to the very foundation of Gotham itself or the past of Gotham or Bruce Wayne himself and his past, and it all comes forward, and it turns into, like, it turns these turn into, you know, crime noir mystery books, which I think it works. I, and I think that's where... Especially when you start having a, a writer who stays on these books for a long time, you start getting um, some really, really great stories and why Batman became one of the the best written and, and most consistent DC books. So another thing that happens during this event-driven era is DC decides they want to reclaim Justice League. They want to reclaim the name JLA, and they give it to a Scottish drug addict named Grant Morrison. This Scottish drug addict invents what we've now come termed as the Bat God. The opening arc of JLA is the return of the Big Seven. Batman, Superman, Aquaman, the Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman. The, the Seven, he always, Morrison always likened them to the Greek pantheon of gods because that's how Morrison's brain works. So, the opening arc of the, of the book is the world's been saved by these mysterious new superheroes eventually turn on the Justice League and kidnap them. Except they don't kidnap one. They crash his plane, but they never search the records for the body. And they say, what does it matter? He's just a man. The next time you see Batman, he's killed two of these characters, or restrained them, whatever. <laughs> Dropped a bunch of gasoline and said, I figured out what you were. Because he's the only character in the book to figure out that he's dealing with white Martians. Mm-hmm. Thus beginneth the Bat God. Grant Morrison's JLA run would continue with moments like this, including, all right, a brief, a brief detour. People have been mentioning Justice League to me this week, and I want to say something. They shot that for $300 million. Give me $150 million. Give me a million dollars extra for Grant Morrison's acid, and we're going to write you a movie Based on Rock of Ages. And we're going to make a billion dollars. It's not that hard, folks. It's really not. Grant Morrison writes big, trippy shit. Like, you can, if you're like, oh, it's too big for the cinema, shrink it the fuck down. You can do it. But you read that, you read those. I started re maybe reading Grant Morrison JLA gets me furious at what happened to Justice League. Furious. Because every month for like three years, Grant Morrison, four years, Grant Morrison gave us mind-bending, fucking universe-expanding adventure. Anyway, so the Bat God's established in the outside canon of the Bat books. Internally, as we go through all these things that have happened to Gotham, we're seeing a lot of fallibility in, in Bruce Wayne and Batman. But to the outside world, to outside the Bat books, he is the Bat God. That dichotomy is going to matter. Well, yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that's something that that has worked really well for Batman in general. Like, his solo books really dig into Batman still being a man in a bat suit and, and, and grounding him. Whereas when you put him on the Justice League, you have to make him a god because he's a man among gods. And, you know, I, I think that's that, that, that works really well for it. And it allows, it allows the writers of the Batman books to not feel too burdened by the myth of Batman 
And um, so let's go back before we even get to the great grammar. Like, I know we're gonna spend a lot of time on I, I, was, there. I was about to go to um, uh, Tower of Babel. Well, let's let, you know what, let's save the because what, what Tower of Babel was when it was 29. Let, let's start with the nightfall stuff. Let's go to the nightfall real quick. Oh, yeah, let's, good. let's go to the nightfall first. So we, we kind of covered quickly the nightfall stuff when we did um, uh, uh, the Rogue War. We talked about Bane and basically Bane setting up uh, Batman. Uh, having a bunch of little uh, of his other villains, of releasing other villains from Arkham and basically tiring Batman out. And, and I think that's the thing that people always seem to forget about Bane breaking Batman. He was kind of cheating. No, well, the, the thing that people kind of reduce about Bane these days is that Bane's really smart. Well, there's that too. Yes. Bane's a criminal genius. Like, it wasn't just, I will go break the Batman because it's, I don't want to just go be Batman and become king of the mountain of Gotham. He was born in a prison, sent to Prisca, and he was born in prison paying for his father's sins and his parents' sins. So he was born in prison and was raised in prison, basically in hell, and became stronger and smarter and, and, and improved himself in prison. But he said that the only thing he knew about his father that he came from Gotham. This is all retconned later. Originally, it's right. He's he's inspired by the story of Batman, and he finds it as a challenge to break him. But eventually, it's retconned to where he thinks that Thomas Wayne's his father. Mm-hmm. He deduces that Bruce Wayne is Batman because Bane's not stupid. I don't know, man. No, and, I mean like Bane of uh, Vengeance of Bane. We did this like that's actually pretty good. Like read Batman Vengeance really of Bane. It, it's it's his first. It's Bane's first appearance, and it's really good, and it sets you up. It. it 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 also makes you realize that the people who ever did the Batman and Robin movie did no idea about Bane and what he was. He saw a big guy in a luchador mask, right? And and he's Full not stop. that. Like he is like the Vengeance of, the, the Vengeance of Bane stuff was really really good in the introduction there, and um, yeah, no. So you're right. It it's you have to understand that. So Bane's whole idea was he was going to break the bat, but breaking the bat wasn't necessarily. Just physically, it wasn't just him breaking Batman over his knee. It was he's gonna break the bat. He literally breaks the bat. So that by the time he fights Batman, Batman's already broken. Like Batman's fighting off no sleep. He's had to put all these villains down. He's sick, and Batman shows up at his house. Like I know you're Bruce Wayne. I, I know Bruce Wayne is Batman, <laughs> and, and, and rips his ass in his own house. Yeah, and it's just that's just it's just it's just rude. Just, and then throws them to their equivalent of Times Square. Yeah. Um, and that's when you get uh, uh, Batman being replaced in the main book. Uh, you, Chris, had, Chris. There's no way, goddamn, Sam Wilson can be the, the Captain America, and there's no way Jane Foster can be Thor. You literally. They did. They created a character. Why don't you just use Dick Grayson? He's right there. Wait, Jean Paul Valley? What? Yeah, they literally Sorry, replaced. Which huh. and, and here's the thing. So I'm not gonna go into a whole thing about Nightfall and Night Quest and stuff like that. Um, because to me, I didn't. I was like, I had read it a long time ago. I went back and started reading Nights in, and I feel like Nights in though was pretty good because it. It fixes. I, don't, I know it's all the same person, but writing, I believe, but it kind of fixes the problem I had because it's like, yeah, why did you pick Gene Paul Valley? That makes no sense whatsoever. You literally had Dick Grayson right there. Why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you pick someone who? So Gene Paul Valley, uh, what was it? Um, 
Azriel was also I he had known problems. Yeah. He had known problems. And then around I, I want to say the end, I guess around Night's Quest, he started seeing hallucinating his dead father and say Dumas. Yeah, so he had been so he had been conditioned as the assassin for this sect of religious this cult. And Bruce had saved him, of course, and like decided to train him and save him and made him Batman because he thought that the structure would remind him of the of, of the conditioning. Yeah, so he makes himself a his, he makes his own suit. It's not, yeah, not the a, suit becomes a problem. Yeah, the suit is basically. Oh, fun yeah. fact: the the Asbat suit was designed by Marvel editor in chief Joe Casada. Huh. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It is. It doesn't. It, basically, what happens is G. Paul Valley basically begins to think that Bruce Wayne was wrong. He starts killing. Uh, he, he actually kills. Uh, um, Savitar. Savitar. Savitar, I think was this Avatar? I can't remember. I think it was. He kills. No, it was Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, he kills him. He's he kicks Tim out of the the Batcave. Actually, almost kills Tim. Uh, steals the Batcave, so Tim is not allowed to back in. He becomes more and more distant, more and more violent. Um, you know, it's basically ruined the name of Batman because he's not like Batman. The suit looks nothing like him. But he begins to think that he. Has he's a better choice. He's he's better than Batman because Batman didn't couldn't do what he did. Batman it's, it's was also not- tough. Night's End is tough because they had to compress it because it was right up against zero hour. Right. So you're right. They they managed to do it all, but I think that reread. I read most of it. It it does feel a little rushed. Oh, it is rushed. To me, what I did was I kind of ignored all the Jimbo Valley stuff, and I was just reading the so. So what what I wanted to do with Knights End stuff was just read the Batman because I thought that was very very interesting. So what happens is <clears throat> Bruce comes back. I'm talking to Tim, and he's like, "Oh well, you know, uh, well, it looks like you know everything's going fine. Gotham's not burning, so I guess Gene Paul Valley is doing all right." And Tim's like, "Oh, not so fast, sir. Um, he's actually killed a killed a villain one time and." He kicked me out, and he's actually really, really bad at this. You need to come back. This is when Bruce was like thinking about like giving it up for good, right? And Bruce was like, "All right, cool. Well, I'll come in." And, and Bruce realized that his reflexes aren't there, and he does not have the muscle memory. So what he does is he goes to Lady Shiva to kind of you know be retaught to figure out to to, to bring himself back because his back's been healed. He's physically there. He knows what he needs to do, but muscle memory you know, like. He he's just not quick enough to do it. So go to Lady Shiva to to um, relearn, and I love that stuff. I thought it was really interesting because, and, and you're right. I guess that stuff still is kind of rushed, but I read it all back to back, and I was I, I read right. it like I, I read it. I, I completely ignored the Gene Paul Valley stuff, and I thought that was really interesting because he ends up. Uh, you find out that Lady Shiva at one point had killed this sensei. And he had told her when she when he she was she was about to kill him that my seven students will come will come and avenge my death. So she gave uh, Bruce because she doesn't know it's Bruce. She gave Batman the the mask that she wore, um, and it, so that he would take down all of the sensei students. And they were increasingly getting get better and 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 skill set as they come came after him. And uh, she wanted him to kill because he basically's like. I can't teach you what you need to learn because you won't kill. And so Bruce has to defeat all these, these, these masters. And what I loved about seeing it is you see Bruce work through it. Like the first one he defeats, but he's like, yo, it took me too long. 
and I almost right. died. He got too many hits in. And you see him working his way back and getting there and learning these skills all over again, getting in there. But the one I really liked is, is him always going to uh, this one perch he used to be as Batman and having the jump when he calls the abyss. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, yo, I remember the first time I did this. I had no fear. I went and did it. And you keep going through all these issues where Bruce gets, he gets up there, he stands there, but he won't make the jump. He goes up there. He's thinking it's night tonight. Let me see if I have this one. He's like, here he goes. Because you've got to throw the line at a specific point or you miss. Yeah, and if you don't, like, there's no like, can Batman? Can the Batman even come back? Two hours later, he stands high on top of the city. He feels that he is ready, ready for the night, ready for Gene Paul Valley. He stood here once before, asking himself, was he ready? Did he have what it took? Could he make himself uh, himself into what the city need? All those years ago, the night uh, the night after the bat came, crashing in his window and showed him the way. He stood there, then looked down at the, the same dizzy, terrifying drop. He felt he was ready to. Th- he he felt he was ready then too, and just sure to make sh- uh, and just to make sure he set himself one final test. If he passed it tomorrow night, if he passed it tomorrow night, he'd be a vigilante. If he flunked, he didn't even consider that. You know, and this is uh, he goes up there and it's like every night he was like, not tonight. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. He, he he defeats all the senseis. He tricks Lady Shiva, and the thing he killed the last one. He didn't. He he didn't actually kill her, uh, but she thought he did. And he doesn't make the jump. It's not until he puts the suit back on that he finally makes a jump. And what I loved about what they did in Night's End for there, despite all the other stuff. Again, I didn't care about the Gene Paul Valley stuff. They bring in Nightwing and some of the artworks. Eh, okay. Well, eh, strong. Okay. Huh. The strong sense. Okay, strong. <laughs> I'm being nice, all right. I know you. Very impressive. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to mature as a as a podcaster here. That's good, I'm not. That's good. <laughs> but what I loved about it is, I thought it was one of the first times that we see, and we'll see this going on, where they really dig into what made Bruce Wayne Batman and why Bruce and Batman are one and the same, and what makes them, what makes Bruce unique, and what makes him. Him, what makes him Batman and seeing him go through the doubt and have the doubt as to whether he is because at one time I think um, uh, uh, Tim Robin and the Nightwing show up and they see him and they're like yeah every night he goes up there but he doesn't make the jump you know yeah. and you see him thinking about doing this and is he ready can he do it and having this doubt it can Batman come back can he can he be the man he needs to be and I thought to me that right there, despite all the other problems I have with with the Nightfall, cause the whole thing is called Nightfall Saga, even though it's broken up into these three three story arcs. Um, I thought that was really really important. I thought that really really kind of cemented what it is to be be Batman. And then he well, finally goes and makes a jump. I think that, and because it was one of the first ones, it was one of the better one dones. But when you take away a primary character and replace him to illustrate why the problem, why the character matters. Mm-hmm. It's really important to have those scenes that you're talking about. Yeah. So have the doubt in the coming back. Like it's why you and I think enjoyed uh secret empires. Cause you had those Steve issues where he was trying to fight his way back and do I deserve it or should I even be here? And the fact that they didn't erase evil Steve that he had to actually face it. Right. Cause Bruce didn't kill Valley. He didn't turn in the police. He said, this is my fault. I gave you the mantle. Yeah, you you see Bruce own up to that. So so when he finally puts the suit on and he makes the jump, he's like, it all comes back to him: the strength, the conviction, the skill, the shadowed alleys, the dark streets, the endless nights, one after another. They're all his. They will always be. 
And all of a sudden he knows, he knows. And I'm like, yeah, that is it. That is how you do it. And like you said, at the end when he finally faces, because he, he he tricks uh, Gene Paul Valley. Like it, it gives you all the, the, the way that he, he defeats Gene Paul Valley. It's, it's really a Bruce Wayne. It's only Bruce Wayne could have done this. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, at the end, he doesn't, ar- he's like, I should arrest you. I should have you turned in. But he's like, it's my fault. I put you here. And so I think the next thing after this is he lets Dick be uh, Batman because he goes off he, he to, to to do whatever to find himself. And when, yeah, you got to finish B getting back. Right. And he comes back and I think the prodigal. Uh, yeah. Dick has been 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 Batman for a while, and at the end, I think it's like around the the twelfth, I think the eleventh or twelfth part of it. Like these get really really long, folks. Um, him and Dick have the conversation they never had before, and it's the conversation about why Dick became left as Robin, and he's like, uh, Dick is. It, Bruce is saying Bruce has come back and said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the mantle back and I'm going to be Batman again. And you don't have to do this anymore. And um, Dick is like, I'm not sure where to start. There are so many things I've wanted to say. So many opportunities lost. We've um, we dissolved the partnership, but we never really discussed it. There's always seemed to be something going on, some interruption. There was nothing. Uh, Bruce says there's nothing. There was nothing uh, to say. You'd outgrown it. You need to strike out on your own. I understood after all the years and all the danger we didn't need to. Uh, we didn't need words. And Dick says, "Sometimes you're helpless. You know, you're hopeless. You know that. You never needed words. You never questioned. You never examined yourself or the people around you. Too many questions you've never asked yourself. Uh, I think that's the only thing you're afraid of. Um, and basically, when it comes down, uh, you know, they they have this conversation, and and and, it's, and what you realize is this is a conversation that they they've never had. You know, when Dick goes out and becomes Nightwing." You know, Bruce kind of just accepts it, and they never really have the conversation. And and if you've been reading the books, you kind of always see this tension sometimes right. between Bruce and Nightwing. And so this finally gives you that conclusion because Bruce, at the end of the conversation, basically goes, "It's like, yo, this is just what happens. This is how it always happens. This is how it always should be." He said, "What are you talking about? It's like between fathers and sons." And that's when Dick kind of realizes, like, oh, like you really are kind of like my father. You know, and I, I like the way I, I feel like to me, this is where this is the seeding point of them starting to realize that we got to make Bruce Wayne matter. We got to make it. We can't just have him running around as Batman and not have and, and neglect that Bruce Wayne part of him because it, it, it makes for a more interesting character when you have Bruce Wayne mattering. Exactly. It's a it's a it's a full character, right? It's a complete character. It's not just. Here's the image. Here's the bat. He becomes more. He becomes somebody you can relate to. And I think that some of one of the, the sadder things about this is that people fell off and on of that in varying degrees. So they would do a thing where it'd say, Oh, this is a Batman story. Well, this is a Bruce Wayne story. This one's about no man's land. Well, now he's going to Congress. Well, now it's a contagion. And now he's Bruce Wayne fugitive, framed for murder. And you're like, Come on, man. Just do it all, all together. Find so, me a way to marry these two where everything matters. So a couple things that come out after that. Uh, we won't cover because we've covered these before. You can go f- again, read the, uh, listen to, and I'll link to it in the links. Uh, listen to our our, our Rogue Wars one. Um, I don't think we covered this one, but it covered uh, Frank Miller's cra- literally crazy in a fascist. But Batman Year One is there. It's eh, there. It happens. It happens. Um, 
Batman the Long Halloween, which is good. Jeff Lowe wrote that, 96, 97. Um, I'm going to step in here. The Long Halloween is great. Yeah, yeah. Dark Victory, which comes next, is good. Yes. Long Halloween is great. Yeah. This is basically the Two-Face origin story. And I think that, you know, you should read Long Halloween. I mean, it's, it's, it's up. When, when, when people list, like, the great Batman stories, Long Halloween is there. Hey, Chris, how many killers? Two. Actually, Three. three. Because you had the you had you had um, Two Face, you had uh, the I can't remember the other person, but then you had Two Face's wife, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's three. So yes, um, God, I love that book. Yeah, yeah. So and then Dark Halloween is right, follows up with that. Um, we've talked about it. No Man's Land. Going there. Ooh. Yeah, it's again. It's another one of those that's really, really sprawling. It's just, it's so much. And read the wiki. Just read the wiki, yeah. Cataclysm leads to, no, no. contagion leads to cataclysm, leads to no man's land. Read the wiki. Don't read any of it. Just read the wiki. Read the wiki. Uh, I think no man's land is where we get the first appearance of Cassandra. Yes, yes. But don't read it. (laughs) Or you can read the first appearance and then go read the Batgirl book. Then move on. Yeah, read on. Um. Yeah, so while this is happening, these like disaster, honestly, they turned it into disaster movies. Like, which ones you got this week? Mm-hmm. Um, Batman's also in the JLA. Morrison's doing his crazy cosmic thing, Rock of Ages. I'm going to keep mentioning the story because everyone should read it. Um, but we also get one of my favorite books. It is written by, it's after Morrison leaves, Mark Wade, Howard Porter on Arts, Tower of Babel. It's JLA 43 to 46. And the entire Justice League is taken down by Rayshad Ghoul and his assassins. The way they're taken down is they've broken into the Batcave <laughs> and stolen Batman's hidden plans for taking down the Justice League. Plans like this uh, included a, um, a bullet in Wally's inner ear that would not allow him to stop vibrating. He turned Superman, no, exposed Superman to red, uh, sun radi- red kryptonite. To make his skin go clear so he couldn't stop absorbing sunlight. Um, who else? Wonder Woman was locked in a program where she would continually fight someone. Uh, Aqu- a- Aquaman uh, became, uh, you know, uh, afraid of water. Afraid of water. He made the Martian Manhunter burst into flame whenever he touched open air. And he froze and shattered Plastic Man. Mm-hmm. There's an adaptation of this um, in one of the animated movies. Just League Doom. This is way fucking worse. He made Kyle think he was blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 yeah. I, I and I like Justice League Doom, but what what he does in Tower of Babel, what 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 the plays are in Tower Tower of Babel are way meaner. Yo, it's so fucking and, brutal. And and I will I will even say this. Uh, the end is even better because in Tower Do- uh, in, 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 in um in Justice League Doom and they they come back and, and Superman's like you know and Batman I think Batman even tells us like I'm leaving the Justice League I know I, I need to go and they had the conversation and Superman's like so if your plans uh, if you had all these plans for how to stop the Justice League what was your plan for stop yourself he was like that's the Justice League it's like the most cockiest and and Superman smiles but I'm like that's the cockiest fucking answer of all time he's basically he telling you whispered to, to Clark. Because it would take all of you, right? Right? It's like it's like cocky the answer, but in, in Tower of Babel is even better because they they all kind of vote 
to uh, most of them vote to expel. It's like it's like fifty fifty, right? And Superman's the, the, the deciding vote. And they're like, and I think one of them asked him, was like, so if he knows you as well as he thinks he knows you, then he already knows how you're going to vote. And when Superman walks into the room, Batman's gone. Batman's like, fuck this shit. I ain't waiting for you guys. I, know I, you can. I, I can count. Right. I already know how this is going to work. But again, showing you that like, Batman like, knows. You know what? I almost made, because you know who votes against is Diana, uh, Plastic Man, and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I made her heart almost explode. I made him afraid of water, and I did shatter Eel O'Brien. Right. I'm out. Well, I didn't technically do it, but it was it was the plan. Oh, it was definitely his plans. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. Just uh. Tower of Babel there. Um. And then he comes back by revealing his uh, secret identity a couple of years later. But now we enter kind of my kind of until the most recent New Fifty Two run. My favorite period of the Bat books. Kind of the auteur study of the bat. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of gets quote unquote their own. Like, let me take a crack at Batman. Like, what do you mean take a crack at Batman? Well, I got this story. My name is Jeff Loeb, and I wrote uh, Dark Victory and Long Halloween. Everybody loved him. Let me write a year of Batman. A year. A year of Batman. One story. And he writes Hush. And Hush is not a bad story. No. It is twelve issues. I think it's is it twelve? Mm. No, it's yeah, it's twelve in an interlude. Right. It is beautiful because Jim Lee drew it. Oh yeah, it, it is like it, yes, beautiful. Jim Lee drew his ass off. I, I will say this just real quick before you go into more of this. Listen, guys, if you, whatever it comes to Batman, the best thing I think I think is very very more with Batman. The art has to be good. Yo, it carries, man. It carries you a long fucking way. You need it. You need the art to, on a Batman book to be tip top because it it goes a lot to just, especially for what the stories usually tell, you need to have great art, art for this. And I, it's not even great. It needs to be evocative. Like, it needs to be dark and brooding. You need to be able to set the tone of the books because. Absolutely, yes. Jim Lee, if people don't think of him as a dark artist, yo, he drew the shit out of Hush. And mm-hmm. it's really good, and it's one mystery for 12 issues. And it, I, I really, like, people will say, oh, it such, such doesn't work. There, there are holes, of course. For me, I was happy with Hush. Uh, Hush is because, so what happens is, and uh, of course, unbeknownst to the reader before now, old friend of Bruce Wayne's comes back into town and uh, he ends up saving Bruce's life after a, a, a tire blows in the Batmobile. He ends up fighting his basically his entire rogues gallery over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes all over the world. He fights Superman. And it turns out that it's his old friend from introduced in act one, which also ties into something they talk about inside the story, the purloined letter where the killer is introduced in the first page. It's the first detective story. Yeah. And, and and Thomas Elliot, Thomas Elliot, and Thomas Elliot also saved him because because I think Hush doesn't Hush open up with Batman's line being cut and him almost him almost dying like he hits his yeah. head and, and, and Hush and, has to come save him yeah and of course Jim Lee takes all the opportunity to draw hundreds as much as he can mm-hmm. <laughs> goodness some things we forgave um and it ends with Tommy Elliot being the master man at all but because Jeff Loeb knows that we like a good twist. It's not Tommy Elliott. Yes. 
Yes. He's figured out Batman's identity. And Batman spells it out to him, explains to him how he knows all these things. But he also knows that Edward Nimmo loves the riddle. And he asks him the one question to end this series that I think is done perfectly. It's one of the Jeff Loeb's tightest writings. He says, what time is it when an elephant is on your fence? And everyone says, time to get a new fence. That, that one's useless. Everyone knows that riddle. That's why I'll never tell anyone my identity, Enigma. And it's brilliant. He, he, he harps on the compulsion that creates the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 yeah, you can't, you can't tell anybody because if you tell anybody, it's no longer the greatest riddle, riddle anymore. Okay, from here, things are a little wonky in the back first. So, War Games happens. Is that... Well, I, I am... Go ahead. Is War Games before or after Under the Hood? Before. Okay. This stuff's dead for Under the Hood. You're right. You're right. Um. So, War Games... So, if you listen to our Tim Drake uh, character corner at one point... Uh, actually, it was, it, was the, it was the Stephanie Brown one, because we, we cover War Games in that, because... Oh, because, yeah, it was, the, it was the breakup. There you yeah. go. Makes sense. So, the Stephanie Brown one, excuse me... It's uh, Tim Drake is set down as Robin because his dad found out he was Robin, and Stephanie Brown's promoted to become the fourth Robin. Uh, she screws up in the field. Batman fires her. She decides that she's going to prove her worth by enacting one of Batman's plans that just hadn't gotten around to, or so she thinks. <laughs> what she doesn't know is that these plans are half finished and they they don't withstand enough pressure points to be effective yet. And and it also goes to show you. It's another one of those things where uh, Batman has so much time on his hands because he literally has a plan to infiltrate all of Gotham's underworld. Not even infiltrate. This plan, if Matches Malone plays his part, he takes over the underworld in one night. Right. (laughs) It's all under Bruce Wayne's control. It's literally Batman runs Gotham's underworld in one night. That's the plan. But... Spoiler doesn't know that Matches Malone is a Bruce cover. Yes, he doesn't know that Matches Malone is Batman. Um, which, as some would say, for the compartmentalization of information, she shouldn't know. But for things like this, maybe she fucking should. So, anyway, Gotham goes to hell in a handbasket. The vigilantes are once again deemed vigilantes and enemies of the state. They're, again, hunted by police. It's one of those status quo resets they do occasionally. But in the end of it, Stephanie Brown dies. Um. Is now the second Robin that no one mentions that Bruce lost. But technically, he didn't lose this one. Thompson and this whole other shit. Anyway, right? Thompson. I love Leslie Thompson. That was a horrible move. That was a bad. It was poorly written. She wouldn't have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, War Games is yeah. That wouldn't happen. Yeah, you're right. Kind of do that. Anyway, well, they, they clean it up later on by saying that she didn't really die, kill her and blah, 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 no, no, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the thing they clean up with where, oh, she didn't kill her, but she had to get away from that life. Sammy Brown has a, a mother, you bitch. Yeah. You can't yeah. just steal children. Yeah. Anyway. N- none, of it, none of it made sense. None of it made sense. None of it made sense. So after this, it comes the arc you're talking about under the Red Hood. So we're up against infinite crisis here. I think that's important to note. Superman punches like the Superboy. <laughs> Again, this is the, this is why under the Red Hood, the the animated series. And if you want to know about Jason Todd coming back, watch Under the Red Hood, and then either play Arkham Knight or fa- watch somebody else play Arkham Knight. That handles it way better because when I tell you Jason Todd comes back because <laughs> Superboy punched a crack 
into the multiverse at one point. It's okay. So fuck. That is that's literally the meta narrative we're given. They later released a Red Hood: The Lost Years book or miniseries. It's five issues. It's really good. I've read it. Oh wow! I gotta check that out then. I'm not. It explains. It gives you a more concrete way. Like you see Jason Todd doing the Bruce thing. Like one time he's training with um an explosive expert. One time he's working with how to um, smuggle things, but he finds out the people he's learning from are smuggling children, so he kills everyone. Oh, okay, okay. So it's pretty dope. It's like watching the anti-Batman get poor. Well, that, 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 that's fine, but the, the way he's alive... Oh, they address that, too. I think they address that, honestly. Okay. Other, other... They, do, they, they do address that, except... <sighs> All right, so they don't address it. Because <laughs> he just jumps out of the grave one day. I just like. I just thought about that. I was like, "Oh shit! I may have actually, <laughs> I may have actually uh, what, what was that made movie? that one okay in my head." <laughs> what, what, what was that series called? Um, I believe it's called Red Hood Origins, but I'll find it before we're done. Okay, I'm on comic Oh no, Red Hood of the Lost Years. Red Hood of the Lost Years. Okay, I want to see that. Lost Days. Lost Days. That's it. Sorry. Okay, yeah, but Red Hood of the Lost Days. It's very good. Um, I think it's five issues. It was Judd Winnick, so he also wrote. The Red Hood, the Under the Hood stuff, and Batman. So when I tell you the arc is good, but the origin is bad, the way James Dodd came back in the books is bad. The way they play it in the books is really good because the movie, it does it, it's very compact, but this one, the Red Hood's tormenting Bruce for months. Yes. Like he's, like at one point, he buys a bunch of kryptonite and sells it back to Black Mask and says, he says, and the Black Mask is talking about, is he crazy? Someone's asked Black Mask if he's crazy. He says, no, the crazy ones make a suit of the mud, make a suit out of the rock and go to Metropolis, play King of the Mountain. This one's smart. And you watch him take on Bruce and Dick at the same time mm-hmm. and like severely outclass people. And there's like little moments where I think Bruce gets drugged by Scarecrow and and Red Hood ends up saving him, but leaving him uh, Jason's old domino mask in the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Like little clues, little hints. But the issue where he finally unmasks, and you see that it's Jason Todd, wow. It's it's really, I, I, honestly, the origins are dumb. But I think that the moment in the comics was really well earned. I've always been a Judd Winnick fan, and I thought it was really, I, I really enjoyed it. And you get to watch Jason kind of take over the underworld in his own way. Well, it goes back to it goes back to the, the thing we said before, with and I think they keep coming back to the it's, it's a recurring. I feel like Batman when it, when it comes to, to Batman books, it, it, it's done in cycles. So the same thing that happened with Ezreal, where it's like you have somebody who goes, "I can do it better than Batman." Batman, uh, Bruce's method methodology is flawed. He's leaving these people alive. They come back. I can do it better, and then you're then shown why. It's the same thing that happened. It's it's why I always love when they do the same thing they did with um, uh, uh slot did with uh, uh Octavius being Spider Man with Superior Spider Man. You start going, well, maybe he has a point, and then you start saying, oh no 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 no, he doesn't have a point. He's he's fucking wrong. He's fucking wrong. No 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 no, gotta take that back. So no, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, Infinite Crisis happens, and they take some liberties with Batman. Some. So Batman goes crazier, and we take the Tower of Babel, and we expand it, because Batman becomes paranoid about the superheroes around him and creates a satellite. When people say that early 2000s DC is kind of iffy, I'm not going to talk about um, 
identity crisis right now. It's important that you know the broad strokes that something happened on the watchtower. They were wiping a bad guy's mind of what had happened, and Batman caught him. And they wiped his mind. And because he's Batman, eventually he figured out he was missing time. Mm-hmm. And he creates this thing called the Brother Eye to help him monitor all superheroes because it's technology. The satellite stolen by Maxwell Lord and connects that satellite to the OMAC project. So this now, becomes now, one of the big pillars of Infinite Crisis. And to be fair, Batman's missing time because they lobotomize him during identity crisis. I'm not taking a side here. I'm just I reported what happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you gotta report all the facts here. They lobotomize but, him and and I can understand why he'd be a little fucking paranoid. I didn't say it was right. Is it paranoia if they're really out to get you? Eh, you're right. Hey, you know, I'm just saying maybe, maybe you know, hear all the facts. So this, so this all happens in 2005, and the word crisis is a big flashpoint. <laughs> Sorry about that flashpoint. It's, um, it's, for DC it's triggering, and actually. Good, and with good reason. But I will say this. Some say that this was a denigration of the Batman character. Some say it was a logical extension of what had happened to him. I don't know which one it is, but I do know this. It gave me the coldest Batman insult I've ever read in my entire fucking life. I'm going to read it to you here. Because there had been a fight on the moon. Dawn was missing. They couldn't figure out why, what happened. So now, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have a big fight in the ruins of the Watchtower when they point out that the world watched Diana kill a man. And you get the coldest, meanest thing that Bruce has ever said to anyone. So he says to Superman, you haven't inspired anyone since you died. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> but I tell you, Clark Kent's a better person than me. <laughs> He's like, died? <laughs> no. They maybe clean up little batty, batty bit parts off the off the, the no. remains of the watchtower walls. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna read the quote now because I want to make sure I had the exact one. So they're going back and forth. They just beat Mongol together. You've lost your way. What Diana says, Clark shoots back, and you lost yours. You're trying to help people you can't even relate to, Diana. And Bruce says you relate to them too much. You're not human. You're Superman. I know that. And start acting like it. All hell's broken loose, and you're on the moon with me. The world needs you. Telling people what to do. I'm not a god. I'm not like you, Bruce. I don't need to control everything. After all these years, you know it's not about control. It's about trying to do everything I can. And for you, it's about setting an example. Everyone looks up to you. They listen to you. If you tell them to fight, they'll fight. But they need to be inspired. Let's face it, Superman. And Superman right there is in quotes, which I really love. The last time you really inspired anyone is when you were dead. Bruh. That's issue one of the crisis. And just know for a fact that everything happens next is at least partially Batman's fault. <laughs> but he still has the temerity to high horse on cart kit like that shit. Like, that's the coldest shit in the world to me. I'm just saying, look, man. Is he wrong when I'm the human person of the team and y'all still let me boss you around like this? The fact that I can talk to you like this tells you how wrong you are. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> so Batman almost killed Alexander Luther, which 
Actually, the thing that stops me is the fact that Dick Grayson didn't die, but all the higher-ups wanted to kill Dick. So I wonder how the story would have played out then. Anyway, 52 happens. It's a weekly series. We've covered it on lots of different shows. And Bruce is off the board for a year. So we go back to one year later. He's come back from a year of training. He <laughs> didn't have been fighting crime. Um, he adopted Tim Drake. And are you ready to do it? Yeah, let's get into the Morrison run. Um, and then Grant Morrison contained Batman and Sweet Heavenly Mercy. Listen, so first of all, I'm gonna say this: I, I'm I'm reading the Morrison stuff, and when I put it down, I'll, I'll put it down as best I can in the show notes. But I will definitely say this: uh, go find a reading order for 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 Morrison's run, or just get the big Morrison omnibus and read them straight from there, and 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 take your time because you're going to be confused because Morrison's style is to jump around. And it isn't always linear, but it all matters. It all comes back. And basically what it is, is if you go back to our first character corner, we were talking about Batman, those early Batman issues in the fifties and sixties, where they either went super sci-fi and super crazy, or they did the campy stuff. And, and, and then you also, then we, we turned around and we started going back to more of the dark Knight stuff. And so you've always had this battle of what Batman do we use, right? We were talking about this when we did our second issue. We were talking about um, with uh, the movies and TV shows and things like that. Like people always seem to struggle, like what Batman they want to show. I feel like Morrison basically said, "Why not both? Why can't we do it all? Why can't we have the crazy, campy tiebacks? And why can't we have the super sci-fi stuff? But why can't we keep Batman?" dark why can't we keep him serious why can't we keep him the dark knight but throw these things in here so when you go and read um morris's run you start off like there was that time when the like batman had gone off he, he bruce had gone off to uh they were for that he, he is when he meets um jezebel jet and uh, put it this way talia al ghul sends ninja man bats That's how it starts. Ninja man bats. All right. But it, but even then, when you really look at the 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 artwork and the writing, what they do when they're in because they're in an art gallery. And so when you're when you're reading and looking at this stuff, what they do is like there will be some panels where Batman is fighting like this giant man bat with a fucking sword. But like on the back of the wall, because they're there it's, it's very meta, like they're in it's an art gallery, but it's like comic book art. So there'll be times where it's like up in the sky is like on the art artwork. And it's literally like bad is looking at, at, at a man back coming down from the sky. And it'll be like, blam. Like it's like they, they, they threw in like these first issues of, of, of Morrison basically set the tone for what you're going to get. You're going to get this crazy stuff, but it's still going to be, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like it's too jarring from the Batman you know. Like, I never read this going, that's not my Batman. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's out there, but that is Batman. So, okay. It's, it, it, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just so fucking weird. <laughs> but great at the same time. It's, and the art was J.H. Williams and Andy Kubert, I believe. On Batman and Son, and 
it's just it's the it's the option D. Do you want your Batman campy, dark, or like film noir with some out of space shit? And Grant Morrison's like, I'm not gonna do a Scottish accent, don't worry. D. He takes D every time, and he takes every aspect of Batman. You're like, oh, we're gonna just take from Frank Miller on. Nah, nah, maybe a little deeper. Okay, uh, maybe Neil Adams. No, no, further, further. We're gonna go back to Bill Finger. We're gonna take everything. Well, look, and make it matter. So I'm going back and looking at it. Like when it opens up, you have because uh, Joker ends up getting shot by a, a cop in a Batman suit, right? So it mm. opens up. You have Joker has the Joker helicopter that has his face on the copter, like. It's so campy, but then you look at the you look at the artwork and it's like it's very very fucking serious as well. Like Joker's covered in blood. This this Batman ends up shooting him in the face, and you find out that it's not the real it's not the real Batman. You have the scene of of of, of the real Batman carrying Joker, who's basically dressed in uh, all purple. He's got a bloody face, but he's also got like purple high heels on. Like it's it like he, they blend it together so well. You just I just noticed all that graffiti on that page, by the way. Yeah, R and R. He called his shot in his first issue. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch, man. Yeah, I swear. yeah. Great Morris is a crazy person. Everyone be scared. Yeah, because if Great Morris is right, reality is weird. Right, and and so you get you you get um, and and you also get uh, Great Morrison's commitment to making Bruce matter because it also opens after all this, you get, you know, Alfred basically telling Bruce, so I was like, Hey man, look, you gotta get out more. You gotta go out and be like, learn how to be Bruce Wayne again. So you get things like Alfred teasing, teasing Bruce was like, yeah, that, that Batman voice. Yeah. You're doing it as Bruce Wayne. You gotta stop doing that. <laughs> you know, you gotta learn how to be Bruce. You gotta learn how to be the playboy, the billionaire playboy. So he, he ends up meeting Jezebel jet. And again, when you, when you're looking at the scene, in in the thing in in, in this, uh, this auction for a- Africa, and so when the, the 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 ninja man bats come down, he's fighting them. It's just like there's a um there's a, there's a like a, a one thing that says uh, he's punch he punches one of the man bats in the background. One of the artwork says "ouch," you know. It's uh 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 he he's counting down as he's taking out the man bats. Uh, and, 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 and it's just, it, it just, it's so meta. It's so great. It's just, it really, um, uh, like he, he does one, he's like, looks like I nailed them all. Then in the background, it says, look up in the sky. And then he look up and there's like four more coming down. Like it's just, it sets the tone. And that's when I'm reading this, reading this going. Yeah. Grant Morris is crazy. It's, it's the marriage of, like you said, like even in the art gallery fight, it's the marriage of pop art and like detective noir comic books. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, why can't we it have balance both beautifully? Beautifully. Um, so before we get more into the Morrison stuff, one thing you're going to want to do is if you can find it, look up, uh, you can download it or you can go in and, and buy the stuff. Look at the Black Case book, uh, Batman the Black Case book. And this is basically. A bunch of crazy campy stories from the fifties and sixties uh, that involved Batman. It's like uh, Batman meeting the club of he- the club of superheroes, the Batman of all nations, where you find you know people that were inspired by Batman. Like I think Wingman was one of them. There might have been I think you met Knight and Squire and things like that. Squire. Yeah, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of what Jeff Johns did 
with that Alan that Alan Moore uh, 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 Green Lantern stuff, <clears throat> where that stuff happened in like the sixties or early eighties, and Jeff Johns when he wrote his his his, his Green Lantern stuff was like, hey. Remember decades ago, all that stuff there? What if that stuff mattered? And that's what like what if what if Bruce's night with Talia mattered? Because <laughs> this is where we get <laughs> this is where we get like you literally open up with him finding out that he has a son, Damien. This is where we get Damien Wayne. Uh Talia. Uh basically you find it because they, they they retcon this because it wasn't how it was originally portrayed. But uh, they basically come out that Talia kind of raped him, <laughs> raped Batman. He was drugged. Uh, they had a kid. She raised his kid uh, in the League of Assassins, and so the whole thing about the man, the Ninja Man Bats, it was literally, literally for her to drop Damien off with Bruce. <laughs> hey, you have a kid here. Have fun. And when Tim meets him, it's the best. Oh God, you're replacing me. Just got adopted. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have a new brother now. Who is this kid? Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's it's great. Um, but there's also part of a larger story that Graham Morrison is telling. So you have, obviously, you have Talia, you have um Damon Wayne, um, and, and the Talia stuff come back later on. So Leviathan's leviathan stuff but you have to get batman R- r.i.p and i what is it, the black glove the black yes. glove organization run by dr simon hurt uh and there is, is, is the black glove organization is another again it starts this whole thing up and it's just something you see later on with like the court of owls uh gates of gotham and all this stuff where you have these organizations that are tied to the history of of, of gotham uh and have been around for a long time and they decide that they're going to Basically, again, break the bat and and break Batman by making Bruce Wayne go crazy. And um, they succeed. Yeah. They make Bruce go crazy. Um, Down to the fact that uh, you've been meeting, because again, it all started with Alfred telling Bruce that you need to, you know, get out more, be more. You start Jezebel Jet, it becomes his girlfriend, and they become really close. At one point, she finds out that he's 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 Batman. She she she, she you know she figures it out, uh, and you find out that Jezebel Jet is actually part of the Black Glove organization, and has all been part of Simon Hurt's plan. Yeah. Say it again. They shoot him full of meth and heroin and throw him on the streets. Yeah, they basically make him a drug addict. Yep. I mean, because he's Batman, he, you know, comes back from No, he doesn't just come back. Batman's contingency plan for being driven insane is a literal backup personality. (laughs) You can go ahead and pause. I'll let you let that sink in. A backup personality. A streamlined personality that existed as Batman without Bruce. He was crushing the entire city full of villains. Wearing a big... So, 
This is actually taken from a 1970s Batman book. Yes. He meets a Batman from another planet, the Batman of Zer and R. Which is, we find out later, related to Arkham. Mm-hmm. We also get in these issues his conscience taking the form of what would only make sense here? Fucking Batmite. Grant Morrison was determined to make everything matter, and he did it if we didn't go a little crazy trying to pay attention. Yeah. You get the club of superheroes where he has to, again, going down to the idea of everything being a mystery, um, uh, you had the, the basically they do a, a murder mystery at the club of superheroes where I, I can't remember the name of the guy who formed club of superheroes and uh, they start killing them off. And it's, it's, it's these people that are either inspired by Batman and it'd be people that you were like, Oh, that's, that's not real. And, and you go back and look at it. It was uh, John Mayhew. John Mayhew. There you go. You had the night you had Squire. This is where when, when, if you, we, when we did our, um, we just often talk about thing with the Batwoman, with Batwoman, and also with Tim and Drake. If you read any of those issues with us, you kind of were like, "Who is this Batman from? Who is this the this, this, this Squire? Who is the Knight?" These all came from early fifties and sixties Batman issues. Grant Morrison brought them back in and made them part of the current continuity. We later get that uh, double down on this even more when you get Batman Inc. and stuff like that later on. But it's like, I love. It. Right, it's like it it all fucking mad. like it's almost too much to cover right here it's in this. Too much. It's too much. I would just say seriously, like they they let Grant Morrison write Batman for 7 fucking years. <laughs> Grant Morrison's crazy. And it's one Zern is in his very first issue by the way. It's in his very first fucking issue. Like the you see, third page. He calls he calls his shot with that. Um and here's the crazy thing about it is for the most part he takes Joker off the table. Like Joker is there, but it's not as big of a part of it you would think he would be. Like it's it's out in the head in the first issue, right? Takes him off the table in the first issue, brings him back later in because you get the Batman and Ro- this is where you get Batman and Robin. This is where uh, I, I believe in 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 Final Crisis, uh, Batman has died. He's killed by uh, you think he's killed by Darkseid, but he's actually sent back into time through the time stream. And has to work his way back, but he's also infected by the Omega uh, beam. And if he comes back into the time period, he'll destroy all. Of the, it's, it gets really, really fucking weird. But Grant Morrison digs into that and uses that. You get Dick Grayson. This is where you get the Batman and Robin run, where Dick Grayson is Batman and Damian is Robin. Um, you get the return of Bruce Wayne. Like all of that stuff matters. Down to the fact that if you get all this stuff done, and you think it's all done, and then they come back. So Bruce Wayne comes back. All this stuff happens, and then you find out that this this organization, Bruce Wayne, decides to come out and say that he's been funding Batman the entire time with Batman Inc. And he starts setting up um, little bat, basically Batman franchises all across the world. Uh, this then leads into them finding out this organization, this criminal organization, Leviathan's around. And 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 Bruce thinks that uh, the Black Glove is back, that maybe it's Jezebel Jet. Who at one point uh, they thought died in a uh, plane crash uh, when the the Ninja Man bats from Talia attacked her. You didn't come to find out that no, no, the person who's really behind all this, Talia, Talia Agu. And the reason why is she was rejected by Damien. And it's really just the most pettiest fucking reasons of all time. But that's, and I think that's kind of why they resonate. 
Mm-hmm. Because it's so petty. It, it, but you get it because when, so let, let's do this now. I, I remember going back to the beginning when we get when we get introduced to Damien. I remember when we first talked about Damien. Like we, a lot of people didn't like him. And I still we, don't. Right, and and I, I can mean, understand. Go ahead. No, I, I just, I just, I mean, especially early Damien, like Damien, New Future Damien, I have a better feel for, but this, I, I know that Morrison was writing him to be unlikable, but it worked too well on me. I never, I, it was very hard for me to cheer for that kid. Well, I, and I think that the, he's so unlikable when he first comes in. Like, he almost, he almost, he almost kills, he almost kills Tim. And it's not yeah. even like he, he does it fairly, like Tim tries to help him. He almost kills Tim. And then puts his suit on, like, how dare you? And like it's it's it 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 feels very, very weird. But then when, when Morrison does with 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 Damon going forward, where you actually had that one part where uh this is back when 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 Dick Grayson is, is Batman and 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 Damien tells his mom it's like I I hope that you know he he decides he's gonna reject his mom and say, I hope that I can you know, I can't remember exactly the line he said. Something along the lines of, "I hope I can be a proper villain for you. I hope I can be a proper, a worthy adversary for you, mother." And you realize that, that it's probably at that moment that Talia gets her petty and decides she's going to exact revenge on Bruce. Um, she has a bunch of Damien clones, but again, if you we're rushing through this stuff, but I will tell you guys right now. Go and take your time. Read all seven years of Grant Morrison stuff. Please. Take, take a couple days. Then go back and reread it. Because you missed some stuff. And it's... I was rushing through it. And I was like... I had, to, I had to make sure I go and read some other things to make sure I got it all. Because there's a lot going... I mean, there are... You're jumping through trips in time. I, he does it very on purpose. And you'll feel like it's very disjointed. But trust me, it's all it's all for for purpose. Like you get, there's a one point. There's an issue where you jump from a Batman in the past, a Batman in the present, and the Batman in the future. And the Batman in the future is Damien is Damien as Batman. Like you do, you do all this stuff that's jumping around in here, but it all matters. It all comes back. And that's issue six 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 because Grant Morrison's a weirdo. Yes. Um, also, I would just say to anyone who wants to get the full Grant Morrison experience, read. Um, the return, the return, is it uh, the, the return. return of Bruce Wayne? That miniseries. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> like again, it's good. You read it. It's good, but like it, again, is Bruce Wayne in the past trying to work his way to the present? And it's like, what's great about it is if you, cause it, so here's here's where I fucked up. Because we're doing Bruce Wayne, because we're doing Bruce Wayne and Batman now, we've kind of I've seen other pieces of this stuff from the other characters we've covered, but I've never seen it now. So now I feel like my mind is blown because now I've gotten the full picture, and now I got to sit down and read it all over again because it's like, oh, that's where that came from. Because like when we did um, Tim Drake and we did the 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 Red Robin run, that involves a lot of the. Um, Barbados and and the uh, the Bat God and all this other stuff in there, and I was like, it's kind of weird. It feels like it comes out of nowhere. 
when you read this, when you read the return of Bruce Wayne, when you retreat, read all of Grant Morrison, you have to read it all as one. And yeah. it's a lot. And you're going to have to take your time. Don't rush through it. Cause you're, and, and when you feel confused, start all over again. <laughs> the if, be- if, if, if you read metal and you're like, Oh, there are parts that are kind Morrison helped helped uh Snyder write metal. So now 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 I want to go read metal. So now I feel like <laughs> so ne- no 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 because because Grant Morrison's stuff here is very, very important for all the stuff you go for. From from Scott Snyder after this we'll go into Scott Snyder and Tom King. And I, I have I've only read a couple issues of, of metal, but I'm like, I see where that's coming from now. I can see oh, the pieces and the of thing that. About metal is that they expanded the multiverse beyond the new fifty two or whatever. Borders, spoilers! It opens up with the world of possibility for DC Comics being reopened. Mm-hmm. So parts of that story in metal touched the search for Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, shit. And, if, if, if you want to get into it, uh, I believe um, when you get to the end of Snyder's run and you're in like super heavy, we're, we're um. Not super heavy. I think is it is yeah, it super heavy. Super heavy. When Bruce Wayne come when he comes back, and he yeah. has to go and he has to go back to remember what it means to be because Bruce Wayne is there, but he has to remember that he was Batman. It touches on the Grant Morrison stuff because you have to. It's 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 going through the time and seeing all these images like you cannot. Chris, you're really, you're gonna really love metal. Yeah, I I know. And so I, again, when I when I was starting to read it again, I loved it. It's like this is where to me. Grant Morrison stuff, and it, it, it lays the groundwork for why, to me, I love reading. Like Batman is one of my 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 of the of the big the big seven of the Justice League characters. Why he's the book that I I love reading because they've laid the groundwork for all this stuff, and they've marvelized Batman now. And I wish they would do the same thing for all the other characters because. There's such a rich history here with Batman. Oh, not Batman. With DC characters to begin with. And I think they leave a lot on the table by not going in and, and grabbing that stuff in there. And and Grant Morrison, he took it all. He took the crazy shit. He took, you know, <laughs> the Batman of other nations. He took, like, the things that you, you, you might not have even known about. Like I said, go read the Black Case book. You see these campy fucking stories. You're like, what the fuck is this shit? And then you read Morrison. You're like, oh shit. You made that stuff matter. You made that stuff like part of the actual story. You brought these people in and now they're serious. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, once we're done with uh, our characters, like, I think we have um, Thanos next. We have Cable. I've already told the Deep Home about it. We're just gonna we're gonna get into uh, when we get when we hit the summer times. We're gonna start talking about um, uh, uh, writers and creators, some and just talking about them in general. Grant Morris is gonna be the first person we do because, like, this stuff is amazing. Like, I I cannot sing the praises enough. And I, I you're right. I it lays the groundwork for the the the, the newer stuff that happened after New Fifty Two. With Batman, and um, yeah. So, you got anything else you want to add on on, on Morrison stuff? Like, I know, I know we we really condensed. Like, when I tell you guys we condensed that, 
we condensed it. Morrison's crazy. <laughs> in the greatest way possible. Like, and I stand by that. I'll take that in the court of law. <laughs> I, well, I just get... as crazy as Morrison is to try to envelop everything, I think that them going to Scott Snyder, who had a great run on detective writing Dick, it was really a great choice for New 52. Yes. Because he and Greg Capullo, and again, like we said, we've entered kind of the auteur study of the bat. And before it was like, oh, you get told me you get a couple of issues. Grant Morrison was like, give me seven fucking years. And so now it's turning to who wants to tell an epic bat story? Mm-hmm. And Scott Snyder said, I'll do it, or didn't say he was assigned it first. Read some of the interviews about him taking this job. He said, it's the scariest thing he's ever done because no one's written a Batman number one since 1940. Mm-hmm. And we've done the Scott Snyder run, I think, in our comic book club. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's just read the opening coming, of this. Coming off of Morrison, I'm like, yeah, but how are you going to? Holy shit, he did it. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 read let's let's read the opening of this. You know, I love it. Every Saturday, the Gotham Gazette includes a small lifestyle piece called "Gotham Is." In the column, random Gotham Knights are asked to complete the sentence "Gotham Is" using three words or less. The Gazette has been running the "Gotham Is" column for years, ever since I was a boy. Here are some of the words used to describe Gotham this fa- the past few weeks: damned, Kirsch, bedlam, murderous. Uh, Gotham is villainous. Gotham is a losing game. Gotham is hopeless. And then you get this image, uh, and you're, you're basically looking at it from Batman's point of view of Goth, of Batman facing off against his rogue gallery. You have the Riddler. You have Two Face. You have Killer Croc. You have uh, Pig, Professor Pig. You got Freeze, Scarecrow, all there. And and you just got the you got Batman himself saying, "There's no place like home." And as he goes down and takes down all of his rogue gallery, it continues on with the Gotham is thing. Once in a while, someone uh, names one of the city's villains as their answer to the Gotham is question. Usually, it's some teen, it's some teen kid, a teenager going for shock value. But now and then, someone actually tries to make the argument that the city is best reflected by its villains. For example, Gotham is Two-Face, meaning Gotham is a city at odds with itself. Or Gotham is Killer Croc, meaning the city is more, a little more than a cannibalistic monster. I've seen a few Mr. Freezes, two Black Masks, and lately I've seen a couple of new names appear too. But for me, Gotham, uh, Gotham's criminals, whether old, uh, whether old uh, or new, will never define the city because in the end, they're simply, coward, uh, they're simply simple and cowardly ruled by predictable desires. This is just, that's when you know. You're like, uh. And then the artwork is fantastic. And. Greg Capullo, God bless you. Whew, boy. And you open with, you know, the first arc is the Court of Owls. And again, it's it it brings in, and again, it opens up nicely with the Gotham is thing because you bring in this idea of Batman doesn't even know the city he's in. And, and this is one of the reasons, so after <clears throat> Morrison's run, which was kind of a celebration of the idea of Batman, like you can say what it was, it was literally he took every aspect of Batman and said, we're going to make it all count. And Scott Snyder said, what if I 
deconstruct the idea of the bat god. So like you said, the opening scene is him taking down his entire rogue gallery in the span of the first third of the issue one. It ends with a pronunciation that you do not know this city. You are not the god you imagine yourself. Mm-hmm. And he takes 52 issues and dissects the bat and takes Batman away and leaves with just Bruce and shows the duality of Batman and the Joker and introduces two elements that will come into play in metal and Dionysium and um, Electrum and Batmanium, which he makes up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the last pages of issue 51, they tie into the thing you just talked about. He ends up confronting the man who writes the Gotham is column. The Gotham is constantly surprising. I can only hope you're reading this, Batman. In case you don't know this, column asks the people to send letters with their answer to one question. Gotham is what? These letters, they come in every week, and then the column's official writer talks about how the times are reflected in them. It's one of the oldest columns in the paper, and better writers than me have worked on it. But what I like about this is as much as it's written by a single person, it's really created by the people who send in the letters. Everyone out there. When I started here, the letters were coming in were pretty dark, pretty hopeless. Tonight, I've been listening to old ones here. Lately, in the last few years, the letters have been lighter than ever. Even the city hasn't been. I was trying to show how much it changed, but I realize now that it might be hard for you to see. Because, Batman, you always see us at our worst, at our ugliest. You forgive us and tell us we can do better. And more and more lately, we believe you. I hope that you can see that, if not in this column, then in the faces of the people you protect. If for just one moment, if it's just for tonight, I hope you look around the city and get to see us not at our worst, but at our best, and take a quiet night for yourself, a night off. And so the answer, really, in the end, the answer to the question, the Gotham, the, the column poses is simple. It is what we say to you, is what, we, is what you say to us. Gotham is you, always. And one of the great things about this run is it's not just a deconstruction or reevaluation of what Batman means in 2018 or 2011, excuse me, when the run started. It's a celebration of superhero comics in general. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a, a monologue I read during our um, comic book book club where it's Jim Gordon describing what Batman really means to the city, and it's and, and you take out and, and at a certain point you can just read it and it's what heroes mean to us because we know they're not real, but they inspire us to fight the things that are. And I've read, I've done way too much reading about this series, and Scott Snyder said that. A lot of his writing on this one was because his son had turned one or turned two or or getting old enough for cognition and said, I have a new set of fears I didn't know existed. So I thought I'd mastered this world and a whole new world was opened up and said that was the inspiration for the Court of Owls. Mm -hmm. A world of fear beneath the world you thought you knew. Um, He also tells, uh, he has a Joker story in there and makes Joker fucking terrifying. You got a couple Joker stories. A couple Joker stories in there makes it fucking terrifying. I love the one. I, I read this during our, our, our comic book club. Again, not a premium member, get premium. It's a Just, great podcast. It, That's one of we, my favorite. I love doing that one. But I love that scene in, 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 in The Death of the Family where Bruce is walking into Arkham Asylum to confront the Joker. And it's like, so now Bruce, as you enter to tell yourself he's just a man like you, tell yourself he has flesh that can be ripped Bones that can be shattered, that he needs to breathe to sleep to eat. Prove it to yourself. Stare back at him into those damn eyes. Stare into them until he flinches. Until you see them work like human eyes. Until you see the pupils change. It happens all of a sudden. Just a tiny shift. There it is. You stare back and you see it. The smallest flicker in the pupils, but still. And you say to yourself, see, 
Beneath it all, he's just what you thought he was, a man. And ignore the fact that what you saw with those tiny people's do was expand. Expand for you after you stared back long and hard. Ignore the fact that what you saw those black people, uh, points expand with was love. Like it, like it is just, it, it, it is a fantastic 52 issues. It's um, beautifully just written. And yeah. You're it, not going to be jumping around for tie-ins. Nope. It's self-contained. It's 52 fucking fists to your face, man. It's Greg Capullo at the top of his game. It's Scott Snyder redefining what a Batman writer can do. And then we get to Tom bleeping. Well, King. Before we even get, before we get to Tom King, because then there's a couple things that happen in there. You also get the zero year where he goes back to the, the, the very beginning of, 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 of Batman. With Bruce coming in there, um, yeah. You, so the the three flashbacks that happen in the series are the, are year one, year two, and then zero year. Mm-hmm. So year one was the stuff with the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Year two we touch on Tom King's own because the little war of jokes and riddles. Right. And year three, excuse me, you know, year two would be you're right, uh, zero year. Yeah. And the way they call it, the reason they call it zero year is because the Riddler shut off all the power. Yeah. Shut down Gotham. He basically did to Gotham what Trump's doing to Puerto Rico. And I want to believe this is this is the introduction of um what's his name um uh the black kid. Oh God, why am I? Duke Thomas. Duke Thomas. Yes. Yes, it is. We get Duke Thomas in zero. Yes, yeah, we correct. get we get Duke Thomas in there. At one point, can I remember this when they they announced that they were getting a new look for Batman? It was it was going to be Jim Gordon and uh, well, like the, almost like the inter, uh, the souped up Energizer Bunny, like <laughs> Bunny Cause, costume, yes. But true. it actually turned out to be really fucking good because it's it's, it's the the updated version of the Jean Paul Valley stuff. Yes, yes, yes. It's oh my god! And then, like you said, then we get Tom King, which. So the first run for Tom, the first arc for Tom King, and again, remember we were just talking about that. Scott Snyder's run opened with the "What is Gotham?" Right. Tom King's first run is "I am Gotham." None of it's a mistake. I it just I it, it's so. The I'm just gonna read the titles of the 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 the, the first three. Right. Well, the first two. I am Gotham, I am Suicide, I am Bane. When I tell you guys, if you guys are not reading these books. So if Morrison celebrated Batman and Scott Snyder celebrated superheroes, this is asking why. Mm -hmm. And we're in issue 45. I didn't realize it's been 45 issues. This series started in 2016. Mm-hmm. And they're all great. And this isn't even including the other Batman book. Oh, All-Star Bat- Batman, All-Star, All-Star Batman. Mm-hmm. Bat- uh, Scott Snyder's writing, which is brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. I, at a certain point, Batman became the, the, the character that everyone wanted to play with. That was like, I have a bad story. And DC said... Well, do you have four years worth of bad stories? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and crazy men like Tom King and South Snyder said, "You're goddamn right, I do." We're, we're gonna we're waiting until fifty, and we're gonna do a comic book club on on these fifty, because just like we did the Scott Snyder run. So, but we won't go too much into it. But you need to read these things. Like 
it's it's really a deconstruction of Bruce Wayne Batman. Like what the why behind the bat? It's dark. It's beautiful. Well, you'll laugh. You'll be driven damn near to tears. Well, let's 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 also say so. The end of Scott Snyder's run when so I think it's it's end game. We think Batman die. We think Batman and Joker die. And super heavy comes back. And, and super heavy comes. And then super heavy comes back. But when he comes back, it's a different Batman. It's it's he's it's almost he's younger. He's stronger a little bit. He feels oh, like he's, the, the, so so yeah. So the the Dionysium that revived him took away all the scars. Mm-hmm. Took away all the sores. Took away, he's he's truly Bat God. Right. So and, basically, if you want to get real real, Scott Snyder put all the bat the, the the toys exactly where he found them. Right. And and so when Tom King takes over, and what Tom King has done is you're getting a Batman who's acting a little different. He's trying new things. So even with Duke Thomas, Duke Thomas doesn't become a Robin, he becomes something different. And it's a Batman who knows he's made mistakes in the past and is trying to do different things. And this is why like this is where reading previews of issues doesn't help you. If all you're doing is keeping up with these characters through previews, because I was seeing some people go when I remember when they announced that uh, Bruce was uh, proposing to Catwoman, and people were like, "Oh, what? This doesn't mean." I'm like, "Well, first of all, ever since like I think like Hush, yeah, it does make sense because like they've had this relationship kind of on and off, you know, and it's been building to this point. And when you read the I Am Suicide stuff, it makes total fucking sense because you see the maturity and the growth of Selena and Bruce and everything going on here. It's like the letter. Like I love those issues where in I am suicide and I am Bane, where it's them writing letters to back and forth with each other. The bat and the cat, the bat and the cat. Like it's, it's so great. And it just, it, it, it shows you why they're actually work well for each other, and it's you know you know eventually it's not going to work, and it's going to because it's just it's just what hey happens. hey hey no it might shut up hey maybe it will but it, but it, I I here's the thing I think at this point we're all rooting for it because Tom King has shown and I think I'm trying to protect myself because he's shown us why it should work he's shown us why why Selena is the only one that can understand Bruce and why Bruce is the only one that can understand Selena. And so now I'm just prepared for to have my heart ripped out of like when I saw that like, they, they they put the the image of the Joker coming back around this time. I'm like, see, no, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Like, I'm not prepared for any of that shit right now. But like, it just or like the comparison between uh, Batman and Bane. And here in the I am in the I am being and going back and forth, like I love those issues, and they're done so fucking well. And like I said, like we're gonna do a whole combo book club on 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 that run, and we'll get to it then. But like, read them. Can I heap a little bit of praise before we go? Yeah, before definitely. We one more thing. Scott Center All Star Batman stuff. So the first arc is the only one I read because I'm a bad person, but it is. Two-Face is holding the entire city of Gotham hostage because he has something on everyone. And Bruce Wayne knows he can get to a place where he can cure Two-Face. It's basically a chase movie for six issues Mm -hmm. of people trying to come and free Two-Face from Batman who's captured him. And it's awesome. Gordon raids the manor. 
because Two Face is something that everyone. And that's I think Scott Snyder is able to to expand what these villains mean because Two Face means yeah he's got two sides, but he also knows that you do too. Mm-hmm. It's creepy, man. It's really well done. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, like I said, I I think we we didn't go into as much detail as we normally do with some of these other characters, but I think it's because. Like there's actually a lot here, and I think it's a, a lot of stuff that we'll put the link. We'll, we'll we'll put the issues out, and I think you guys should really go out and try to find the stuff and read the stuff. Like for the stuff we recommend, you cannot go wrong. Like I think if you start with the Grant Morrison stuff and just start reading, like I almost feel like you can get into the, the Snyder and the Tom King stuff without reading that stuff. Oh, and, you can, but you should. And, and, and even the metal, like it's a Dark Knight metal, you can do that, but. Like, like, like Deep Home just said, like, you shouldn't. You should really go and read that stuff if you can. Because it will give you the context you need to really... Because here's the thing. I they're, read this... They're good stories of the context. Let's be sure it rules real there. There's oh, a no, good no. stories without it. No, they, they are. Because when I read... The, we did the Snyder uh, Comic Book Club, and I've been reading Tom King. I've been loving these stories without the Grant Morrison stuff. Now that I've been reading the Grant Morrison stuff, now I'm like, now i got to go back and read the Scott Snyder and the Tom King stuff even more now. Because now... They'll blow my mind even more. So it's just, it's just it's it's an added layer that you need. And I, again, this is where when this is why I said out of back the the Batman slander on Twitter, guys. Because say what the fuck you want, Batman has been the most consistent, well, longest run, preach and best written stuff from DC, maybe from anybody. For the long, I mean, it, Morrison. When did Morrison start? Morrison started. Batman and Son had to be 06, right? Yeah, so I guess he started in maybe like uh, 2004 to five or six or something like that. No, because no, Batman and Son is the first arc. Yeah, okay, 06. Yeah. so 06. So from 2006 to 2018, you can't go wrong. God, yo, he wrote that until yo Snyder didn't take over until 2011, and he they still let him finish 27 issues of Batman and Robin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. She's fucking crazy. I it's like it's, and the thing is, he's right. We glossed over a lot because at one point Damien dies. Yes, and there's a and gr- comes back with superpowers. Comes back with superpowers, uh, but there's a great part of that in I think the Snyder run. Where he is like one of the little issues at the end where the he silent jumped, issue the silent issue where yo oh. yo it's just it's so good and you see Bruce dealing with the loss that he lost his son because again it's, a, it's an ongoing thing where you know when you first meet Damien you don't like Damien he doesn't want to be Robin uh, he becomes Robin when 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 his father dies when Bruce is, is you know assumed dead and lost and they don't even know he's lost nothing they think he's dead. So when when uh, Dick takes over as Batman, Damien becomes Robin, and there's that scene when when his father returns and has 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 the cape and cowl on, and Damien basically asks Bruce, "It's like, well, what happens to me, father? Do I keep to get, do I get to keep being Batman?" And you find out that all Damien really is. Is a young kid that wants the love and and the approval of his father. It's uh, read this shit, guys. Read it. I, I don't know what else to tell you guys. Like this is 
There's a reason why Batman st- tops the chart for for DC. The reason why they put him in everything, it, and I get it. People will just crack the jokes, but you read this shit. It is literally the best written stuff over there. And and, and I don't say this best written stuff for as long because there are, there are other runs yeah. out there and other characters that are done really well as well. But again, we're talking right now. They have not missed. After giving it to three different writers, and that's a, that's a that's a that's a tall order. That's a hot streak, man. That that is a hot streak that you don't normally see because sometimes you get a writer and you're like so good, you get somebody else and they fall. Like God forbid, whoever takes over Thor after Jason Aaron's done. Whew. Good luck. Well, uh, by the way, he's not leaving. I know, I know, he's still. He, but I'm just saying. I just, I just found out this week. I'm very happy. Oh, oh no, 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 yeah, no. I realized he's he's writing Avenger, but he's staying with oh. Thor. I was like, could you? Because who, who? At this point, who else do you give it to? <laughs> let's all remember that very soon after Grant Morrison finished with X Men, Chuck Austin wrote X Men. <laughs> Chuck Austin wrote X Men with Havoc as the leader, and I couldn't read it because mm. Chuck Austin. Right. So it's not. It's not. And and they have gotten. They have knocked it out of the park with, you know. And uh, now you know King's leaving. Oh, who are they putting on next? I don't. Oh, let me look. Hold on. I is, think he, wait, wait, like, is he? So we. I wonder. Are they doing the thing where they do fifty-two issues and then they they bring a new writer in? No, I, 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 maybe. Because he's at forty-five right now. I think you got to at least get him fifty. If you're going to do fifty, if you're DC, make him do two more issues. Make it fifty-two. Snyder did fifty-two issues. So, oh man, yeah. But good luck to the next I, person, man. Good luck to the next person who takes over because, man, it's it's it, it's it's a hot streak that's been going on since 2006. Oh, and no, excuse me. I take it back. He's now claimed – Tom King said he wants to double Scott Snyder's run. All right, we're all good. Never mind, guys. He's just picking up new projects. I was really – like the entire time we've been talking, I'm like, oh, God, is he really leaving? 52. No, that's – that's like two months because these guys are in a fucking clip. A hundred issues of – of Batman I can't Tom King. Take that. I can't physically take that. <laughs> oh boy. Like no. mm, I mean I'm saying like the the it wasn't the last issue, but I guess it's forty four. Is that the one where you have the different uh you have you have Catwoman and Batman throughout the times? Yes. Bruh. Look. Bruh. Game cheating. Do they like, do the double date two issues with him and Superman? Yes. That I could talk about I could teach. I could literally teach a class on those two issues. I it is. It's such good. It's perfect comic book storytelling. But but again, the, 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 to go back to this again, the thing that works for Batman is they don't forget his history. I think not having it be that affected by the new Fifty Two stuff. There's still some some new Fifty Two stuff that was affected. Tim Drake and, and some other things here, but by pretty much allowing it to kind of flow throughout this time. It has the same flow as Marvel. Is why I love Marvel comics. It's like you might get a bad run here and there, but somebody's gonna, you know, at some point, somebody's gonna come around and fix it. They're gonna take the thing that didn't work. They'll bring it in, and they'll make it good, and they'll make it part of the canon, and you'll fucking love it. Like again, they made Professor Pig like actually like matter. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, oh, Grant Morrison made him up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? They made him matter. Like, and 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 then uh, fucking Tom King the same thing with Kite Man. What the fucking Kite Man? What are we doing here? There's a there's an issue with uh, with um t- 
Tom King, I for, almost forgot about it. The issue with him and um, Swamp Thing. The Swamp Thing issue. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't wait till we talk about Kite that. Man. I can't wait. I can't, Hell yeah. I can't, I, can't, I can't wait until we talk about this. on. on uh, I can't wait until issue 52 we get this comic book club. Uh, okay, so um, that's our character corner. Uh, like I said, we're going to do Grant Morrison just as a, as a total, as a whole, as a, as a, as a creator uh, sometime this summer. Uh, we'll, we'll bring up some stuff, talk about him as a person, and kind of go into uh, some more of the stuff he's written. Um, and this will allow us to get. I know some people. We're doing the survey, so please, 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 fill out the listener survey. I know some people have asked us to do independent characters. Here's here's the thing about the independent character guys. The, the character corners that we stuck with mainly DC and Marvel, just because of the long history. Independent characters usually don't have the connected universe and the long history that they have here. They're usually one offs. It doesn't mean you can't talk about the character. They're, they're bad, but usually I feel like those are better suited for combo book clubs. So right. we can discuss the small runs. Did we ever do why? Why the last man? Yes, I did. But we can go back and revisit it. It was one of the first uh, couple clubs I did like years ago. So I, I might missed, I and, missed it. Yeah, it, it was like me. Um, it was me. Well, Karen, uh, I, think I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, we should probably start because you and I are. You know, we're not running dry on character corners at all. Trust me, guys. <laughs> but you know, I, I know we want to diversify what we do. I want to look into some more indie character corner or comic book clubs because you're right. And maybe putting those in the character corner feed. Yeah, we can do that. We can start doing that. Invincible? Yeah. Let's do that. We can make them we can make them mini free uh comic book book clubs. Kind of that, I think that will work better. Uh I, you know, I want I do want to get some of the I would love to put some of the comic book clubs we do on the on the free feed. And if I do we can put them on the character corner. Um, and, and it's easy if it's just me and you, it's easier for me to schedule those anyway and allow it'll yeah. give us time to talk about more comic books. So, yeah, we can we can do Invincible, we can do, um, yeah, we, uh, we, we can definitely work that out and do that. Um, so we have that, uh, again, folks, uh, we're, we have a mailbag coming up. So if you want to get your emails in, we're doing it on Sunday, so uh, the 22nd. So, uh, get your emails in for the mailbag, uh, mailbag at mtrnetwork.net. For that, and um, yeah, the next character corner is going to be Thanos, and we're gonna re- we got a quick turnaround on that one. We're recording that one next Wednesday because uh, we're gonna have that out by uh, Infinity War. So we're gonna do Thanos uh, and the Infinity Gems. So uh, Infinity Stones. So uh, stay tuned. We have that, and then after that is Cable and the rest of the Summer's Bloodline. So those are the next two immediate character corners we got coming up, guys. They will be done soon, uh, and and the cable one will be done out and will be out before uh, Deadpool two. So, stay tuned, folks. Again, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we love talking about Batman, and um, I'm gonna go start reading the Grant Morrison stuff all over again from the beginning now. I'm taking my time. <laughs> so, thank you guys very much, folks. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>